Hi, I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy with another Global Real Estate School podcast. Hey, thanks for joining the podcast. My name is John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. This is episode 250. And we are talking about private controls, the section on the real estate examination that you need to know to pass that exam on the very first attempt. We're covering deed conditions or restrictions, and we're also talking about homeowner association regulations, covenants, conditions, restrictions, all of that kind of stuff. And we talked about conditions, restrictions, covenants on the previous podcast. Uh, Be sure if you're a global real estate school student, this information is in chapter 13, module 13. If you are not a global real estate school student, well, you can check out our ultimate real estate exam prep and you can have access to the review modules in chapter 13 and go over this as well. The review modules are unlocked so you can jump around anywhere you want to and look at that information. I also have this same information covered in my real estate exam coach. You can get that there. You get over 500 questions, a lot of questions, flashcards, and a lot of other really cool things that we're doing for the ultimate real estate exam prep. It works in all 50 states. It's not a certification program. It's just a study bundle for you. And again, we cover this in chapter 13. So check that out at globalrealestateschool.com. But today I want to talk to you about homeowners associations. Now, they're normally nonprofit groups. Uh, we have, you know, you might see this referred to as a PUD, P-U-D, Planned Unit Development, or an HOA, Homeowners Association. Now, you know, HOA fees, that's the fee that you pay to the homeowners association because first of all, the developer of the subdivision or the condominium project is going to create these um, restrictions and covenants and various things that have to be abided by in your subdivision or condominium project. And by the way, there are two types of housing associations. There's a condominium condominium management association. And then we also have the uh, residential real estate management association. So in 1976, those were both kind of broken up to where you have the condos, condominium side, the residential side. So you have common elements, common areas that need the grass cut. My mother lived in a condominium project not far from me. And so she paid, I think, $140 a month. And that went for grass cutting, the upkeep of the swimming pool, um, snow removal. I think they did the windows once a year and a lot of other items like that. So, so the developer develops the project. And this is a, an exam question. They file a declaration where it has all this stuff in it at the recorder of deeds office. Okay, because it has to be there. And the developer's really in charge of that until everything's sold or a certain percentage is sold. And then they transfer or turn it over to the HOA or the condominium association. And from that point, 
the members, they're not shareholders, they're members, it's normally a nonprofit association, they will elect a president and a treasurer and set the fees and have meetings and run this nonprofit organization to help keep the subdivision up and make sure that everyone's investment is protected and that um, there's not issues to where values begin to fall. And so that's the whole purpose behind a homeowners association regulations and why the developer normally sets that up and puts in all of these restrictions and covenants and things that you can or can't do. Because the whole idea is let's keep everyone's property values up from any kind of external depreciation because people could just do whatever they want to do. And so, you know, you as an owner in that development will normally pay a monthly fee or an annual fee, and that goes to take care of all of those items the association will need to take care of. So it's good for the consumer to read all of that information and see what you can and can't do. There's one um, subdivision here in the area, and the developer, a good friend of mine, he recently passed away, but he had a a great subdivision he put in. And one one of the covenants he put in was the fact that, um, or you know, I guess it would be a restriction, or it was in the 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 restrictions that if you built an exterior building, it had to match the same exterior material that your home was constructed out of. So if you had a brick home and you wanted to build a detached garage, it had to be a brick detached garage, not a vinyl garage. Well, you wouldn't know that if you didn't read the restrictions. And so if you see that question on the test, it says um, that scenario happens. What do you do? You go and you get an injunction through the subdivision to, to stop that builder, the owner, from doing that because it's part of the restrictions. And again, the whole idea is to, to help keep the subdivision up, keep things looking nice, keeping, you know, if the, if the streets are private streets, to keep those up. Hopefully at some point those get turned over or deeded to the city Uh, as a gift, possibly, you know, given to the city. But lots of things like that cover in homeowners associations. So we covered a lot of stuff there. I hope that was helpful for you. Remember, they're members. They're not shareholders. It's normally a nonprofit. Condominium is one type of an association you have in a residential. Also, a homeowners association, HOA, planned unit development could be part of that. And again, that declaration is going to be filed at the local county courthouse recorded there that has all of those covenants, restrictions, and the articles and other things that go on with that specific development. And the whole idea is just to keep property values up and keep the subdivision looking nice. A lot of information there. But remember, there's going to be two questions from yesterday's podcast and today's podcast, and we are probably going to cover one more podcast with other additional details about private controls. Well, don't forget, globalrealestateschool.com. We are approved in nine states around the country. We also have the ultimate real estate exam prep 
to help you pass the real estate exam on the very first time. It is available in all 50 states because it's national content only. You have access to all the review modules, practice exams, my real estate exam coach, digital flashcards. We're going to have audio podcast all right there in the dashboard for you. And I've even got some other cool tools to help you pass the real estate exam after you, I mean, to help you grow your career after you pass the real estate exam. So check it out. The ultimate real estate exam, exam prep, the ultimate real estate exam prep. There you go. It's a lot, but there's a lot of stuff with it. So that's kind of cool. Hey, if you're watching us on our YouTube short or an Instagram reel or listening through our podcast, it's important you subscribe. Remember the podcast is to help you when you're in the car, when you're exercising, whenever you want to put your earbuds in and listen to me go over the exam information, the podcast is for you. Now, the YouTube channel is totally different. Probably going to want to watch that in the evening. We're going to go through questions. I'm going to work things on the board, and it's a little more visual, so you need to be focused on that. But we want you to subscribe to both of them, and most of all, we want you to tell your friends about Global Real Estate School. Dot com. There you go. Okay. Hey, as always, thanks for listening to the podcast. Go out and make it a great day. Thank you for listening to the podcast for Global Real Estate School. I'm John Mayfield, the real estate tech guy. Go out and make it a great day.